This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, Every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast... Our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hello and welcome to episode 93. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're doing great. Hope that you're feeling good, taking care of yourself, being kind to yourself. This week, I have been feeling a lot better. I was like a total stress ball for the past couple months. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the astrology. Maybe it was just my workload. But I had this shift within me today where I was like, you know what? I'm going to let myself off the hook. (laughs) I'm just going to let myself off the hook because this world is chaotic. And so my new theme for this week that I want to share was surrendering to the chaos. I'm going to surrender to the chaos because that's the world. The world is a roller coaster up and down chaotic. So we might as well just strap in and surrender to that and trust ourselves. We got this. We got this because we know we are enough just how we are. We got this because we have a lot of love and we share a lot of love with the world. We got this because we're totally adaptable. And we got this because no matter what, we are eternal spirits, divine spirits. And there's nothing that can take away from that power. I'm so used to measuring growth and progress with what happens in my life. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. That's what we're taught, how to measure our own success. By what happens, by what we accomplish, by what goals we meet. But it's so wild to realize that behind all of that stuff, all that really matters is love. I just saw the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh gosh, I hope that's the title. Everything Everywhere at Once. It's a relatively new movie and it was recommended and please watch it. It is so good. And it also is exactly the themes of what I was just talking about, the message. And it's really creative and cool. It's kind of like a new Matrix style. You know, The Matrix was like my favorite movie when I was young. I think it came out in like 99 or something, but it changed me, <laughs> you know, it really opened me up. And this movie has the same type of potential because it's like 
multi-universes and this really cool, it's just really, really cool. It does have some violence. So in case that that's, you know, not your thing, I just want to give a warning that it is violent, but it has fight scenes and stuff, but there is a beautiful message that comes out of it. So check it out. It's really good. One thing that is like my favorite aspect of being on this spiritual journey, on the journey of our higher selves, is it's both empowering and it's also incredibly humbling. It's empowering because you realize, oh, I am like divine. I'm worthy. I am like the shit. And then it's humbling because you're like, oh, so is everybody else. I'm no better than them. They're no better than me. It's this really amazing balance that is just so soft and tender and loving and beautiful. I love it when I really connect to my higher self and I kind of look around. I take like a bird's eye view in my own mind of the people in my life. Sometimes this happens when I'm meditating too. And I see their faces, like I I visualize them smiling or laughing and I just feel so touched and grateful for them. It's like I do this vision inside of me where I, I travel and see everybody's higher selves shining. And it's the best feeling of connection. And it's really funny because I can feel so connected to those people and I'm not even talking to them. <laughs> you know, I'm like going inside me in my inner world, my inner spirit and, and just loving them. This really is such a magical journey. I love healing. It's really cool. I know it's hard, but God, when you have those moments when you have like a big shift and you're just like, whoa, oh yeah, it's actually all so simple. It's love. That's it. That's why I'm here. It brings me joy. It's the answer. It's so simple. <laughs> we make it so complicated. Yeah, love's cool. And on that note, I'm going to get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. Okay, so I have a question on what do you think I should do about this situation? Not really a situation, just but just how I feel about this. Um, so I've come to the consciousness of everyone's going through their own shit. Everyone is unlearning or choosing not to unlearn and just living your life with what they know. And I'm giving a lot of people the benefit of the doubt, almost everyone the benefit of the doubt um, in all ways and aspects. And I just want to know how I get to the point of giving that to myself or setting boundaries to say, hey, maybe this person just isn't good for me and I can't excuse the fact that this is what they know, they're wounded, they're whatever you want to call it. Um, and just not being so much of a people pleaser. That's really one of my biggest things that I'm trying to unlearn. But, yeah, I guess the same question is, how do you understand that everyone is wounded in their own ways, but also giving yourself the courage to break off things that no longer serve you while still being understanding? Yeah, that's, that's my question. It's just something I've been struggling with. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. 
Hi, sweetheart. Well, compassion and understanding that everybody has wounds, that everybody's in a different place in the journey of their healing does not mean that you have to have a relationship with everybody. It doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries. It doesn't mean that staying close is actually good for that person either. One of the ways in which I think is a good measure to if a relationship is working for you, whether that's platonic relationship, romantic relationship, is can I still grow in this relationship? Does this relationship support my growth, my awakening, my path to my higher self? Because a lot of times in relationships, one person is really being there for the other person, being there for their growth, encouraging them, a shoulder to lean on. But when it comes to your own suffering or your own struggles or your own need for support and encouragement, you don't feel like you're getting that from the other person. And it's not their fault necessarily, because a lot of times when we are givers, when we like to be in that role, we don't necessarily communicate all the things that we need. So before you make a decision as to whether or not this friend or whoever it is that you're debating staying in a relationship with, before you decide, oh, this relationship isn't for me, ask yourself, well, have I really communicated what I need? Have I really been honest about what makes me feel valued in the relationship or about my own feelings? Because what happens when we become people pleasers is we get really comfortable with that role and we don't give the most valuable thing that's required in a relationship and that is honesty and emotional vulnerability. We withhold that. So we think we're giving, giving, giving by being there for them, but we're not giving the thing that actually really matters when it comes to building intimacy and connection. So that is my point of view as far as what maybe the next step is in your relationships, communication, honesty first, because Those are the moments when you get really vulnerable, when you say, hey, this hurt my feelings, or hey, I really need this from you. That's what really builds intimacy in a relationship. It could also mean that it's a realization, if they're not receptive, that the relationship isn't good for you, and that's okay too. So trust that your needs are valid, and also know that an important part of giving in a relationship is showing up with your vulnerability and asking for what you need. It's really, really important. That's a really big part of love. You deserve supportive relationships. You deserve relationships that make you feel safe. A huge step in that is really understanding what it is that you need. Sending you lots of love. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Content warning. The following question and answer discuss sexual assault. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for your loving content. About three years ago, I was being evaluated in my first session with a mental health professional. She asked if I've ever been raped, to which I responded, no, I have been sexually assaulted, but it was my fault. Without getting into too many details and triggering you or your listeners, about 11 years ago, I got drunk in a party and was raped. I had always thought it was my fault and that it wasn't a big deal because I was drinking and it wasn't as bad as other victims. The professional educated me that I was, in fact, raped. A few weeks ago, I had an epiphany that another sexual assault happened to me, still confused as to if this one is also rape, earlier when I was 18. I also considered it to be not a big deal and that I was complicit when in reality I was not. These realizations have been so confusing to me. On the one hand, I am ashamed that I didn't care for myself or respond properly. As a feminist and someone who cares deeply about others, I would have taken this very seriously had it happened to someone else. I have always struggled with not feeling worthy of my pain and that I am incredibly privileged and others will always have it worse than me. I don't really know what to do about this. In both situations, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to take any legal action if that's what I'd even want. I do want these men to be held accountable in some way and to not hurt others, but I don't think I'd be taken seriously by them and I don't want to put myself in a situation to be exploited by them again. I'm just really hurt and confused by all of this. How do I heal and be productive with my pain? Thank you so much. Well, hon, first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry that this happened to you. It shouldn't have happened to you. It shouldn't happen to anyone. And in no way was this your fault. It's really easy for us to self-blame when it comes to sexual assault because we are raised in a learned hierarchical belief system that has oppressed people that are socialized as women, that has told us we are objects of sexuality to be owned, that has denied our pain, that has not believed us, that has blamed us for our own assaults. And this has been going on for so long. We come from a lineage of people who have been oppressed because of gender, women whose power was so immense that those in control wanted to diminish that light because of the fear of that feminine power. And we are living in a time right now where we're only getting to the precipice of how much that feminine energy has been exploited and oppressed and how important it is for us to reclaim it. Now, I just want to repeat that just because you get drunk, just because you pass out, Just because you make bad decisions, that is not consent. And it is a big deal. It's always a big deal when someone hurts you. 
So as you're going through this process of these realizations, I understand it can feel tempting for you to now get mad at yourself for having not realized that you were a victim in those situations. But that was part of your coping strategy. To suppress that stuff is how we survive in a lot of ways. We sometimes can't handle difficult things, traumas that happen to us. And so we suppress them in order to cope, in order to keep going, in order to survive. And there's nothing wrong with you needing to do that. Absolutely nothing wrong. Our healing is in divine timing. And right now you having these realizations and coming to terms with this is exactly the right time for it to happen. I also want to say that I hope you're still meeting with a mental health professional or therapist or counselor because this stuff is really, really heavy and you need to be able to talk to somebody regularly, somebody that is outside of your personal circle, somebody that has experience dealing with this type of abuse, somebody that can help you and listen to you process your own pain. As far as the legal stuff, I also just want to say you're not responsible for those people's actions. You weren't then and you're not now. And if you feel unsafe, if you feel worried about being hurt again, if you did take legal action, you do not have to do anything that you don't want to do. Their choices are their choices. You have no ownership over that. There might be a time later in your healing where you do feel like you can. But for now, that's not the focus. Right now, the focus is you. Right now, the focus is your healing, not their healing. You don't need their punishment in order for you to work on your healing. It's so easy for us to shame ourselves when we get hurt, especially when we get hurt sexually. Because we've been conditioned to believe our sexuality is shameful. And so even if we are assaulted, we blame ourselves. This is so common. It's so common. And the purpose of healing is to let go of that shame. You have nothing to be ashamed about. You did nothing wrong. You are a beautiful person, caring, loving, intelligent, wise, and you have a really bright future. I want you to get the support that you need to continue to heal these wounds, but I also want you to know that you're okay and you will continue to blossom and have joy in your life. Your higher self is there for you and is going to continue to guide you in your healing. And I'm here for you too. Anytime. You got this. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. 
We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Content warning. The following question mentions suicidal ideation and body dysphoria. Hi, Bonnie. Um, I have been a long time listener to the show. Sorry, you can hear the background noise. You've changed my life. Um, I need, you know, content warning, suicidal ideation, but I nearly died a lot of times before. <laughs> and you really, my life is on an up. I've been doing a lot of spiritual books and stuff like Eckhart Tolle and, um, and, um, Thing, what is it? Doubtest way, and I started acting and doing all my dreams and stuff. But and I've I've got a therapist now that I've been seeing for a year, and he's trans, and that's amazing. And my meds, um, but like, there's one thing I've had a lot of trauma and stuff, and I have PTSD. But there's one thing that has been a problem just since I was 11, and that's that um, I and I know I know this thing about like our mental and um, our emotional and intellectual ages are very different. Intellectually, I know that, like, learned beliefs about weight, appearance, etc., value are a result of a white capitalist heteropatriarchy. Like, I know this, I know this, I know this. But um, I cannot... I've always had issues with eating. And for a while as well, I thought that was because I'm trans, because I'm non-binary, but I was... Um, trans mask for a while and then kind of went back to the middle-ish. I mean, there's no middle, is there? There's no binary, but you know what I mean. Um, but I just can't help feeling... My life's got better as I've lived in a present and embraced impermanence, but I can't help feeling that um, beauty is... My beauty and comfort is so temporary. There's like this state that I can get myself into... I have to, I've, wh- I've whittled it down. Like it used to be that I had to exercise. I mean, in my worst times, I mean, again, CN on eating stuff, I should have put that at the start, but I used to go to the gym when I was a kid, like two and a half hours a day just to escape my home. But also because if I didn't go, I would just break down. And I've also, I started off anorexic and then I had issues with binge eating and it just kind of, I've had lots of different diagnoses and um, I just can't, it's whittled down now, like where I do hit, three times a week um, and now I dance as well because I've always wanted to do that and it's been a big chip in my shoulder but I just can't I still feel like I have to do that or I feel like a monster like I feel gross um, and dysphoric and dysmorphic and like I can't go outside and I know that the power of like doing things anyway is a really big one I actually listened back to one of your podcasts recently and also like there's a Mitski tiny desk where she says she describes herself as like a blistering rune but she just does it anyway and like it's not good because of like a fetishization of mental illness or anything it's just good because she just gets on with it and I should be allowed to exist in like imperfect states but I just struggle and I'm not this show that I'm doing like I've never been around people so much because I'm estranged from my family and I've lived on my own for a long time or like when I live with in shared houses I just hide when I'm like not acceptable and I know a lot of this is the shame that my parents had about my mental health but basically yeah I really struggle to, especially as well when I get intimate with people, the pressure that I put on myself, I just end up in these cycles of self-sabotage where like I'll feel really good about my body and myself 
and then I will binge or like, and then I will, it just is so tight. I always feel like I'm on the precipice of a relapse um, and that I can only be beautiful for like short periods of time. Like it's too much work. It's not maintainable. Um, but I don't feel like I'm me when I'm not beautiful or like when I'm not trying to be the best version of me. And I've been like more consistent. It used to, my weight used to fluctuate so much. And there were times in my life when I was so ugly, but also just like spiritually and emotionally, because I was really abusing substances and stuff. Um, but yeah, if you had any advice on how to feel consistently beautiful, and I know like ultimately the answer is compassion, but I'm trying very hard. I've been in therapy for a long time. I'm on meds. I try very hard. I do all the things but I can't seem to shake this weird dichotomy, this weird thing, Not maybe not a dichotomy, but this weird feeling of like, if I'm not doing X, Y, Z, then I'm not enough and I can't, I feel, but I, and I feel physically sick too. Like I feel absolutely rotten to my core. Like I feel disgusting, awful, gross. And I, my mental health just plummets and like, it's horrid. And luckily I've been quite consistently able to exercise and stuff now, but yeah, it's. I wish it would go away because it's just something that I have to hide from the world. And uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you. All my love and best wishes to you. Um, bless you. Thank you. Hi, Angel. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so freaking proud of you for all of this work that you've done, going to therapy, doing your meds, reading your books, working on yourself. That is amazing. And you have already grown so much from that effort. You have so much self-awareness. You're very curious about where these thoughts are coming from, societal conditioning, stuff that's happened to you in your past, all of that kind of thing. And our process of connecting with our higher self is bringing all of that stuff to our awareness, but that doesn't mean then all of a sudden we're not going to have those thoughts because we've been ingrained with that stuff for years. Not only have we been ingrained with it for so long in our personal lives, but I do believe that we inherit a lot of this pain from our ancestral lineage and we hold on to a lot of that energy in our bodies in order for us to work on healing that. So what I'm really hearing for you is this relationship to your body where you put your self-worth into how your body looks, how you look physically. And that's also extremely common. And I'm really glad that you're going to therapy so you can continue to work on it. The part that I want to contribute to that healing story is when we connect to our higher self, an important aspect of that is realizing that we are not actually our bodies. Who we really are is spirit. And we're in these bodies temporarily. When you understand that you are not the body, the body is just a vessel to hold your spirit, you can become a lot more compassionate towards your body. Because it's a gift that you've been given. It's not who you are. We get so identified with the body that Whenever it goes through a change, whenever we get ill, whenever we get hurt, whenever something misfunctions, we feel like we've lost ourselves, but we haven't. 
because that isn't who we are. And so a key part of having a healthy relationship to our bodies, of loving our bodies, is understanding that it is a relationship. It isn't the totality of who you are. From that place, we can build a loving relationship. So how do we start to build a loving relationship with our bodies? First, we bring into our awareness the ways in which we're mean to our bodies by judging it, criticizing it, and we start to change that language. We start to actively be kind to our bodies and be grateful for our bodies, for all the ways in which it tries to care for us, makes experiences possible, fights diseases. Our bodies are really amazing, truly. And it's also so cool that we all have different bodies. I mean, isn't it amazing that there's so many of us and yet we're all unique? Like, I don't know, that just really blows my mind sometimes when I think about it. How no one form has been created the same. I mean, unless you're like a twin or a triplet and, and stuff like that when you when you share the DNA. But to me, this is just amazing, mind-blowing, another sign of just how magical and divine the source of our creation is. So when we start to be mean to ourselves, to our bodies, what is it exactly that we're thinking? How is it even possible for our bodies to not be good enough? I mean, how limiting is that perspective? It's true, we've been ingrained to believe that our bodies need to be a certain shape, size. And honestly, that form, that ideal form has changed a lot through our culture. At one During the Renaissance, it was bigger bodies. And then when colonialism happened and the Enlightenment and the second awakening of the Protestant Reformation in the United States and in England, that's when thin bodies became ideal because they were needed to be distinguished from black bodies. And that's when racist scientists created these standards for what made a healthy body. So we're dealing with all of this kind of thing. But when you, you take a look outside of that and really just get that bird's eye view and see, oh my gosh, like this world is full of so much beauty, so many different expressions of that. So how do we have a better relationship with our body? We start being nice to our body. We say, body, thank you. Thank you for all you've done for me. I'm sorry that I've been mean to you. You are enough. You're beautiful, just how you are. I'm so grateful for you. And from that place of love is when we make decisions based on love. So if you're in a place where you're like, mm, should I go to the gym? Should I not go to the gym? Should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Ask yourself, what's my motivation here? Am I coming from a place where I feel like I'm not enough just how I am? Or am I coming from a place where I want to honor my body and treat it like the divine being that it is. It's really hard to always have that perspective. And I don't always have it. We shouldn't put that type of expectation. But in order for us to create that habit, 
we have to actively try. So maybe one thing that could be helpful to you is writing down some affirmations because affirmations really do work. Putting it on your mirror in your bedroom or your bathroom and saying it every morning, just a love note to your body. So write it down. It could be something like, like I said earlier, I love you. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me. I'm sorry that I've been mean to you. You're good enough just how you are. Something like that. Put it on your wall. Say it out loud. Give yourself a little kiss on the shoulder. I do that. (laughs) Kiss my shoulder and say, thank you. I know it's corny. I know it's cheesy. But we are bombarded with so much negativity and so many messages that tell us we're not enough. We have to really get loud about why we are. We have to fight that power with love. It takes effort. We can't expect for us to just sit back and it'll just naturally happen. We have to be courageous about it and we have to be disciplined about it. You're already doing so well in your healing, so well. And you're just going to continue to heal. So I'm really happy for you, truly. You're such an inspiration. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I also just wanted to mention per the last question uh, that I just answered on body shame, if you're interested in learning more about the historical context of why we have these beauty standards that we have now, I definitely recommend the book Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. It's by Sabrina Strings. It's really eye-opening in terms of, okay, like the conscious choices that were created in by those in power and the cultural implications of that and why we see things the way we do now and and how to undo that and it's just it's just really really good read so I highly recommend if you have been struggling with body image it it can definitely help put that stuff in perspective because we need all the help we can get don't we yes we do all right babes take care of yourself check in on your friends I love you so much and so does your higher self I will see you next time bye Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. <laughs> <laughs>